Okay, let's do this one last time, yeah? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider. Call me Spider-Man! I want that ball-crawling arachnid prosecuted! I'm Spider-Man. I want him strung up by his web! Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I want Spider-Man! Hello, true believers. Welcome to the Spider-Man Book Club. On this podcast, we talk about everyone's favorite wall-crawling menace and his spectacular corner of the Marvel Universe. I'm your host, JJ Hodges, and today I'm joined by, from our distinguished competition, shall we say, uh, the uh, the mayor of Smallville, uh, it's Zach Moore. <laughs> Hello there. So, uh, Mayor, mayor your... of Smallville, I like that. <laughs> I just I just thought of so this is your uh your first time on this show. Uh so n- normally there's some Spider-Man related questions, but today's a special episode. We're not talking Spider-Man. Oh. We are talking 15 years of the Incredible Hulk. I know I made you read the whole alien costume saga and the first yeah, half I, of the clone saga before we started. I, I just read <laughs> the Ultimate Spider-Man volumes one through seventeen, so I, I feel really prepared. <laughs> Well, you know, too bad. We're doing something else. <laughs> it's my show. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so we're we're here talking the 15th anniversary of the Incredible Hulk, which is hailed as the greatest of the that the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Frequently praised as what started the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, people d- barely in 2008. Remember that's the, that's when it all started with the Incredible Hulk. Uh, let's well let's let's think about 2008 for just a second here where we had um, it was a, quite a year we had we had Incredible Hulk we had The Dark Knight and we had Punisher Warzone Punisher <laughs> to War, end the I've, year with I've still never seen that have you uh, uh, have you seen that one no never seen it uh, you're really not missing anything uh, it's just just imagine the you can think of and it's probably still better than what that movie ended up being Ooh, that's rough <laughs> but uh but anyway uh so the incredible hulk is uh it's it's one of those weird um situations i feel like that movies nowadays are doing there it, it's almost like okay it, it's kind of the equivalent of um Andrew Garfield coming back as Spider-Man in No Way Home, right? It um, It's like, for a long time, Marvel was just kind of like, let's just, it happened, let's just not really call much attention to it. Like, hmm. Banner has a line in The Avengers, right, where he says, oh, last time I was in New York, I kind of broke Harlem. And that's like, excuse me, the only time they reference anything from this movie, until mm-hmm. uh, Captain America Civil War, when William Hurt Suddenly it's like, oh, there's continuity. So now everybody's like, oh, yeah, he was in The Incredible Hulk. I remember that movie. I like that movie. Like when Garfield came back, right? It was like, oh, yeah, Garfield was Spider-Man. I like him as Spider-Man. It's like, no, you didn't. Because if you (laughs) did, those movies wouldn't have ended the way they did. And so I don't want to hear any of this BS about, you know, please make Amazing Spider-Man 3 or Spider-Man 4. No, no, no. Y'all had your shot at those. 
you know, and I am slightly I, bitter because I really like this movie and we didn't get a Hulk too. So that's where I am. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I like it a lot as well. And, and to your point about Andrew Garfield, I think people liked Andrew Garfield. They just didn't like the movies he was in, which is fair. Well, and is and fair. my solution, my solution to that problem is make Venom three amazing Spider-Man three and combine those two universes. And that would um, at least it, give that Venom a Spider-Man. <laughs> I can dig that. Um, I can also dig if they just never made Venom 3. Yep, I could. I 100% support that as well. <laughs> why Why uh, he's making these Venom movies. Well, I, they're, it's, it's, like the, it's like the Michael Bay Transformers. They're making money, so they're just going to keep making them. Yeah. And and there's a lot of people that like them, and God bless you. you know, but I am not one of them. Well, you, you, uh, say, there's, you say there's no Hulk 2. Isn't this technically Hulk 2? Because this, this um, is, I remember when this when this was coming out, like before it came out, it's like, well, we're recasting Eric Bana with Edward Norton for the Hulk too, and this was sort of like this it, weird in between because but the MCU didn't exist yet, so I don't even knew they just thought it was another Hulk movie, and oh, here's an Iron Man movie, and oh, now they're connected, and now that's forget the Hulk, or the O three Hulk, you know? I, I think it's um, but, I, I mean, they don't match at all. Don't get me wrong. No, no it, the only slight reference is uh, at one, por- one point uh, Ross says he's been hiding for five years, mm. you know, and because there's a five year gap between the right. two. And he's so in that- South America where he ended in the first one. Right, right. So but- you can kind of see where people would think that. But I think the, the reason they open the movie the way they do is is to say, oh, no, this where Batman begins in it. This is all yeah. different now. You know, this and isn't people, Batman forever where it's kind of the same, but not, you know? Yeah, exactly. And people, this is the mid two thousands. People still didn't understand this stuff. They're like, was, is Jack Nicholson going to be in the Batman begins sequel because of the Joker card? Like these people right. thought that, and people yeah. might still think that people think George Clooney is Batman again. Maybe he is. We don't even know. So we've I, learned nothing in the last 15 years. JJ is what basically what I'm saying. I am willing to bet that James Gunn also does not know. Uh, I'm for certain that Andy uh, Vischetti doesn't know. (laughs) But hey, you know, um, it's kind of cool when you think about it that uh, George Clooney has played Bruce Wayne more times than Val Kilmer. (laughs) Oh, that's rough. That is a that is a real thing. <laughs> That's rough. So, um, he's also played. He's also Lurch Clean has played Bruce Wayne more times than Eric Eric Norton. Listen to me, Eric Norton. <laughs> Eric Norton is my favorite Hulk. Uh, <laughs> Edward Norton has played Bruce Banner once, which is a yeah. crime. I I definitely agree. Now, n- knowing some of the behind the scenes kind of stuff, and apparently he's very difficult to work with. And this is also nothing new with yeah. uh, <laughs> Edward Norton. And as far as I know, probably still the case with him. So you can understand that Marvel would want to uh, hire somebody who's a little bit more of a team player, like Ruffalo is, you know, was probably more willing to just kind of go with the flow and be a part of the ensemble, whereas Edward Norton wanted to be kind of the, you know, the the face of it, which Mm -hmm. makes sense when you're the star of the film. Um, But it's also like, but I have to call bs on him as well there was a um uh some one of the comedy central roasts from a few years ago where he said that you know he he had to rewrite the script because he wanted a better script and you know and i forget who he's making fun of and every now and then that makes the rounds like oh you would edward orton hated making the hulk and it's like <laughs> uh we all knew that back in 2008 man i don't know who you think you are now trying to prove something but right, right. um well he was a huge fan of the tv show yes which so the he- 
the movie is very much like. <laughs> so so he felt like I don't know he felt a sense of ownership and yeah I'm sure he's difficult to work with. I mean uh, that's like you said that's not new information. So what what I would say to Marvel is like I don't know maybe decide that before you cast him in a movie and make a movie with them that you know <laughs> you're going to build an expanding universe around because I hate recasting. I hate it. Yeah. Uh, so and and it's different to recast between like Hulk 03 and the Incredible Hulk and the Avengers because Hulk 03 is its own thing off in the <laughs> off on the side. Yeah. While the Incredible Hulk leads directly into the MCU, Robert Downey Jr. is in it. <laughs> you know, I mean, like you can't you can't ignore it. Yeah, and, uh, it's just so distracting. And I wish, I, as much as I love Edward Norton as as Bruce Banner and all that, it's like you know what? you should have just cast Mark Ruffalo from the start, and then it would have been the same character because yeah. it's just not the the Avengers is great, but it is it does get a nick for me for being like oh that's a different Hulk. Like I'm not excited to see this Hulk I never saw before meet Captain America. You know what I mean? I, I I'm with you on that one, especially since you know I I, I separated the art from the artist. You know, as as you know, we have to do as small as we fans. all have learned very much so <laughs> doing these podcasts. But yes, please continue. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I I love Edward Norton. You know, I love um, uh, you know, of course, you know, Fight Club. But uh, there's a there's a movie he there that he directed uh, called Keeping the Faith. Have you ever seen that? No, no. What is this? It's uh, he, it's him, Ben Stiller, and Jenna Elfman. Uh, it's gonna sound like a. And they make a joke about it in the movie, but uh, Norton's a priest and Stiller's a rabbi, and they're both in love with this woman, Jenna Elfman. Uh, so I mean, but that's literally the in the short version. That is the, the premise, premise of the, the film. film. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it, it it was released in like ninety nine two thousand. It's I mean, it's really if you can find it, it's really funny. Like Ben Stiller is hilarious. Um, and, and it is very, very sweet, uh, the, the film, because they were childhood friends. She moved away. They stayed best friends, and they, and they kind of love each other's respective religions. So there's a lot of jokes about that throughout the film. But then she comes back when they're adults, and then there's a lot of sexual tension and yada, yada. Um, but it's, it's a really well-made film. And it showed me, at the very least, he's a great director, a great writer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I highly recommend that one. Uh, so when they were like, oh, he's going to be Bruce Banner, I was like, I mean, he could play Betty Ross, and I'd say he's going to be great in the role. <laughs> you know? so, so I was very excited. Um, and and learning about all the behind-the-scenes stuff, and then I, it wasn't too long after when uh, – I think it was like a year or two after when they were finally like, oh, no, we're not – there's not going to be a Hulk 2, and in the Avengers, Hulk is going to be – Mark Ruffalo. And, and I went, Oh, <laughs> like it's just, yeah, it's disappointing. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Hulk from the comic books. Um, there was the animated series that I think when we have the, the conversation of animates nineties, animated series, we're going to talk about Batman, Spider-Man and X-Men, uh, Superman. Uh, but I think unfortunately Hulk, there was an incredible Hulk cartoon and it gets kind of overlooked from all those but the show was actually really great. And in a case of it's all connected, uh, Neil McDonough plays Banner in that. <laughs> That's so, funny. I've never seen it. So uh, it's on Disney Plus if you're ever so interested. Um, I, I, re I really dug it. And even like a rewatch, like as an adult, I was like, oh, yeah, I loved that show when I was a kid. Let me check it out. What, what is he? It. Who does he fight? What does he do? Like, is, is he in the desert fighting military the whole time? Or uh, that's else? that is that is part of it. But they do have they have the leader. They have Wendigo. 
uh, She-Hulk shows up and like they rebrand the show, kind of yeah. like real Ghostbusters and Slimer. It's like Incredible Hulk and She-Hulk for season two. <laughs> and uh, Slimer, oh my gosh! Uh, <laughs> well, hey, you brought up you brought up the uh, Incredible Hulk being re-embraced by the MCU. The leader, he's he's coming back, right? And it, in in Captain America four. What are and we so doing? Is, what? Well, so is Betty Ross <laughs> apparently. Like I, I was, I was the rec. I, I finally let like. The recasting and the ignoring of the Incredible Hulk, which I liked at the time, but I'm like, we've moved past that. It's been years. I bet sure. it's settled in for me. I'm like, okay, we're moving on. We're not going to talk about it anymore, but we're going to keep this Hulk character. But then, like you said, you bring in Ross. I'm like, oh, and now, now <laughs> William Hurt is dead, and yeah. they, they won't, and they're still bringing back Ross. I'm like, could you just have let it die with him? Like again, the recasting with the, you know, you know what I'm saying? I I 100 agree, and I also feel that. Now, don't get me wrong, and, and Lance and I had a whole episode about it that I really enjoyed Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. But I also think they could have recast T'Challa, too. Mm. So it's it just is a weird look. And I mean, obviously, Chadwick Boseman was a lot younger and his situation uh, yeah, it's still tragic. But I also think it's just like, well, you know, William Hurt died, and I think you could have gotten away with just letting Ross right. die off camera. But... I don't know if it means the that Harrison Ford is going to be the Red Hulk, and I might see behind the scenes pictures of him wearing those goofy ass <laughs> pajamas <laughs> with some dots on his face. Yeah, right. I'm like, if if I get to see that, maybe it'll be worth it. But but I I totally get you with uh, recasting because I think when we were when we were growing up, I don't think there was anything to it. Like you know, it was like every few years there's going to be a new Batman, there's going to be a new James Bond, and yeah, and then suddenly when it was like. I don't know when it started, but audio, but we started to get an attachment to some of these people, you know? Um, so suddenly it was like, well, you can't just do a Batman five. It has to be Christian Bale as a whole new Batman, right? You know, you can't just do Hulk two. It has to be a brand new Hulk with, uh, <laughs> um, uh, what's his face with Edward Norton as opposed Eric to Eric Norton. That's what I'm <laughs> <laughs> or did I say Eric? No, I did. I'm just gonna oh. call him that forever now. Eric Norton. <laughs> Eric Norton. Um, but you know, it's. But I remember thinking, okay, like I, I guess I'll just live with it. You know, like right. it'll be fine. And then when when the movie kind of got, like I said, kind of got ignored, I I was really upset because first of all, I didn't quite understand why the film didn't work, or like, or not work, I should say, uh, but why it didn't make do do like gangbusters at the box office because yeah at, at the very least they they pulled back then what you are always making fun of dc for doing now which is spoiling the cameos right in the trailer oh, he was he was he was in the trailer wasn't he yeah oh, downy man. downy was in the trailer um, that, that, I, I guarantee you that was after iron man was such a success and like oh yes. we got to show people it's the same thing so at least i give him credit there but man but again marvel does it better <laughs> Uh, well, you're you're not wrong about that, uh, and but at the same time, it, I remember being bummed about that. But I also went to uh, New York Comic Con in April of that year, 2008. So it was before even Iron Man came out, and they had a panel for the Incredible Hulk. It was the director uh, Louis Letier, I think I'm saying his name right. He's French, um, and Tim Roth, and they showed some clips from the movie. And I was there with my best friend, and we were like, "Oh, this is kind of cool." And they showed that scene. They showed the Downey scene, what are you doing? like at, to the to the panel at Comic Con, and, and and at the time I thought, well, that's cool. Like, 
you know, we get to, we get to see this, this group of yeah. like, you know, like, a, you know, that's 2, true. people. It was different back then. Like it, yeah. like when you went to comic cons, most of the stuff never made it out of comic cons. Like I can't tell you how many Smallville trailers were at comic con that like, I've only seen somebody on like, sideways on a camera peeking out yep. somebody's purse or something because yep. they just they didn't release this stuff online then all these panels nowadays so yeah that, that does make a little more sense uh just yeah. to, to get people hyped there but then you're right then a few months later you see it on you see it in a commercial right and and clearly also the the way that 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 scene works is is kind of funny because they, they didn't even make it a post-credit scene it's literally the last scene of the film you so know strange it's which which is so which is funny because you get that great ending shot of of Norton looking at the camera like days without incident zero so yeah so it's this cool like ambiguous ending like and a lot of us at the time were thinking oh the Hulk is going to be the villain in the Avengers right. film right and then <clears throat> and then you immediately cut to the the Ross in the bar and it's like oh okay well maybe they should have saved this for the after credits and then maybe at the time they were just like. Like, uh, we got to tank this movie. It's good. It's not, it ain't working. Just put it at the end. I, people weird. are going to sit through the credits. <laughs> people, I mean, the, 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 the most iconic post-credit scene of all time in any film is Samuel Jackson showing up at the end of Iron Man. Right. And that was right before this and people were yes. buzzing about yep. it. So you think you can't say like, Oh, they all would have left. No, people were like buzzed about it and they would have stayed and waited to the end of this one because they knew it would have been connected to Iron Man. And like, it's just such a strange, mm -hmm. it's, it's so obviously a post-credit scene. Like even I always think that it's a post-credit scene. No, it's not. It's at the yeah. end of the film. So that's definitely what they. I I I truly believe that that's what it was for. And then somebody made a change, mm -hmm. like you said, and like we got to get Robert Downey Jr. and her sooner. They need to make sure that they see him in the movie. And then right. that really throws. And then they repurpose that into like some Marvel one shot and try to explain it away because it doesn't fit in with obviously the plan. Whatever plans they had, they threw away with like uh, General Ross working with Iron Man. And anyway, yeah, because I think that the what what they what they were hinting at was that. Stark was going to already be a part of the Avengers initiative and start looking for people, I guess, kind of like Bruce Wayne does in justice league. Mm -hmm. Um, similar like a team, <laughs> but, uh, they, and, and then they, they changed things so that, you know, they, they weren't part of it. Like they kind of allude to that in Iron Man two, that he said he didn't want to be a part of it. And fury was still trying to work with him anyway. And it's, and I think that, I don't know, it, it works for what they were doing with Iron Man 2. But, you know, when they had to have that short, like you said, to repurpose things, it was it was very obviously filmed as like a, well, some people are going to ask, so we might as well just figure this out now. When it's yeah. like, no, you kind of already answered it, and you don't need to spend another, like, you know, whatever that short costs, like $800,000 yeah. <laughs> to fix. Um, but, I mean... Whatever. Either way, um, but speaking of, of Norton and uh, William Hurt, uh, I, the the cast of this movie is phenomenal, and I'm so glad that we're getting most of them back now. Even if it is probably ten years too late, or you know more than that, right? Uh, gosh, it'll be sixteen or seventeen by the time these movies. Yeah, <laughs> hit them, yeah. I mean, literally stage. everybody but Norton, right? Tim Roth has come back, obviously, in She Hulk and. Mm -hmm. uh, William Hurt already came back a few times uh, before he passed yep. away, and but what are they going to do with Betty Roth? Like, what are they? <laughs> it's just so I, strange to me that they're bringing her back. I don't know. I, well, because to bring your dad back. I mean, obviously, but I yeah, and 
And, but even the same with the the leader with Tim Blake Nelson, who I mean, Tim Blake Nelson, he's one of the the most underrated actors working. Yes, yes, I but, loved him in Fan Four Stick. Oh well, you know who didn't? Uh, <laughs> his role as that guy, yeah. <laughs> um, Government Man Number Three was awesome. Yeah, that's my favorite character. Um, but uh, but no, but he like from um, what was I thinking? The Watchmen series. He's fantastic in that. Um, and uh, oh brother, where art thou with George Clooney? Um, of course, yeah, yes, it's yeah. all connected. So, yeah. uh, so you know, he's and I think that they I, I don't know, they 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 did a lot of cool stuff with this film, and clearly, again, the issue with this film, I'd even give this over the first Iron Man, where the first Iron Man is pretty self contained, you know, um, but this film is very much there is a lot of sequel bait, right. You know, with, you know, with the abomination, with, um, the leader tease at the end. And it's a little bit like, like, yeah, they even mentioned that Captain America serum. Yeah. They don't, they don't flat out say it, but they kind of say it. And if you know what it is, like, you're like, Oh, that's what that is. So, right. Like you said, there's, there's, there's universe building, but at the same time, it doesn't, I don't know. They, they, I think it all, they all weaved it in pretty well. Yeah, it, it just it's it's one of my frustrations with movies nowadays anyway, is that, you know, like this is the issue I had with Ant-Man and the Wasp, the, the new one, the Quantumania. It's like, you know, I, I feel like I'm not getting time with this story, with the journey that these characters are supposed to be on now, because what's going to happen next? And, and that and that rubs me the wrong way a little bit, you know, like. At least, like with the Avengers, I felt like, oh, well, this is a good combination of what's been going on, and there is the Thanos tease at the end. But you know, let's say that film hadn't done the gangbusters at the box office. If we had just cut the movie at the end, it would have been like, oh, okay, well, this was a solid Avengers, you know, team up story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why movies like the Batman or mm-hmm. the Chris Nolan Batman movies, you know, when you make them one at a time. And sure, you leave some threads to pick up on or whatever, but like you don't. Well, I, you know, I say the Batman, the Joker scene of the Batman is the worst thing ever. Like, I can't <laughs> believe that's in there. Like, it, I, I, that feels like such studio interference. And who knows what it is? I've heard, I've heard things about it, but uh, mm. that to me, that it, it, that see, that stuck out so much because the rest of the Batman was so perfectly self-contained about this specific story. We're not, mm-hmm. we're not. Te- oh, look. There, you see that newspaper article about Superman or the TV thing about Green Lantern? None of that. Right. It's just like this right. is a Batman story. Here we are. And that's why that, and that's why that felt so out of place because it was one of those things in a movie that was 100 percent not that. And and I think we're I think we're just getting uh we're getting desensitized to all this stuff. Like we just want to go see a story and like oh that's cool if something connects, but it you can't you can't make that the whole thing. And that's when, when Marvel. Marvel's starting to do that. Marvel's like, it's too big for its own good. Sometimes they feel like they have to do that. Cause that's because, because yeah. of, of these early movies where it, Oh, it created so much hype. I'm like, yeah, it created hype because like, it's something that we had never, that never happened before. And people right. liked all these movies individually to begin with, like Thor mm-hmm. and Captain America and, and incredible Hulk here. Like they all work as their own yeah. movies. And there's some cool things like the, like the, you know, the, the cosmic cube and all that stuff like that. Yeah. But, but it, but you don't need, like the cosmic cube in Captain America, it's like, oh, that was the thing that Hydra was after, and it did its thing. They made the weapons, and it disappeared. And and you really could just never talk about it again if you really didn't want to. It sure, feel like yeah. this crazy incomplete thing, which all these, you know, when these superhero movies and other franchise movies too fail at, like making it such an essential thing. And then and this movie, and and th- th- that's the paradox of this movie because like you said, it sets up these things, and 
you got the leader's head getting all big at the end, all this kind of stuff. You're like, oh, clearly <laughs> yeah, yeah. can pick up on that. But at the same time, it is it is really like a self-contained story about Bruce Banner, like trying to you know get back into like he spent the whole. That's what's so great about this movie. Like you spend like the first I don't know twenty minutes of Bruce Banner like trying to you know, work on his anger and all the training yeah, he does yeah. and the counter and the guy the breathing and like how he handles things like. Like he avoids fights at work and all that, right? Because he doesn't want to yep. turn into the Hulk, and then and then and then it, the whole movie is his journey to not do that. And in the end, he has to like embrace it to fight the abomination. And then and, right. and then at the very end, he like that's his character arc. He seems to have achieved that balance. Like he's smiling at the end, like oh, he's in control. I think I don't know. Yeah. And then because yeah. they never follow up on it, you never know <laughs> what they would have done. But he seems to go on an arc here. Uh, yeah. Which which you kind of forget about if you look at the whole in future appearances. But in this movie itself that works and i think that's a real strength because he's a great actor and mm -hmm. and really like you buy this guy has some anger issues <laughs> that he's hiding <laughs> under the surface right because it's a yeah well i think uh it, it it works because the the movie does a good job of showing us his you know, that that montage at the beginning of what happened and obviously very like we've seen like we've seen before that's pretty much what happened in the 70s show almost mm -hmm. down to the letter right um but and and I think what's great about that is that it's it's a it was a great way to kind of skip the origin and and tell a very grounded story with the Hulk because the the Ang Lee one is so it's it's simultaneously ridiculously melodramatic and then also ridiculously cartoony <laughs> so literally um, cartoony in yeah. Some ways. Yeah, and and then with like the comic book panel stuff is very strange choice. Um, so I'm glad that well, <laughs> Louis Latia stayed away from that. That that one too, like it, it's one of those things where and the Amazing Spider-Man did it too, where it's like only you could be Spider-Man. Only your father genetically engineered this for you, and it was the same thing with right. the Hulk. And it was like, no, like these these Marvel heroes are just normal people, or they have an accident, or something happens to them, and. Mm -hmm. And then they, and then it's, you know, anyone could have been like the whole point of these characters, like that's the Miles Morales, like anyone can be Spider-Man, right? Or that that's, that's right. the point. Or maybe, maybe, well, that's its own thing in across the Spider-Verse or into the Spider-Verse or whichever one that, <laughs> that's just like, they make a whole movie out of that. <laughs> but, um, right. I, I, I hate it when it's all this predetermined chosen one stuff. Uh, he should just be like, no, yeah. he, this is an accident happened and now he's the Hulk. It's not because his dad genetically engineered him for years and all this stuff. And now, and now his dad is also a super, it's like, no, 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 none of that. And so I'm glad they got away from that. Entirely <laughs> with yeah. And well, he has a, part of a what, Hulk what works. villain to fight too, in the abomination. So like that, they parallel each other, it, you know? It, well, it's, it, what works about it is, is that, that journey of having, um, you know, uh, crap, what's his name? Blonsky, right? It's sort of, he's kind of embracing the monster that he's becoming. Whereas, you know, like you said, like, you know, and Banner's running from it. And I think that there's a really, uh, you know, and that's, and that's, that's, you know, that's storytelling. I mean, that's been around forever, right? You know, like the hero and the villain having somewhat of a similar journey. You and I are but I think, so different. <laughs> you know, like that. You want to get nuts, uh, kind of bit. Um, hey, they're both crazy. Look at that. Nice uh, <laughs> place, lots of space. They're the same. Yeah, exactly. Same. Um, so it's nice to get away from all the daddy issues, I guess, with superhero yes. movies. Yes. Because uh, a lot of them are about that. But I also like that. Uh, I I like that uh, General Ross in this. He's pretty. He's pretty villainous. Like he's. 
he doesn't want to he doesn't want to catch Banner because he wants to help him. Or he wants to protect him. He he wants to catch him, and he and I. It's such a great line. I got chills the first time I saw it in the movie theater when um, he he doesn't they they think he's cured the Hulk in him, and Ross leans in and says, "If you've taken this thing from me, I'll bury you." And yeah. I just remember seeing that in the theater, going, "Oh man, like that's that's like evil. Like this guy just he didn't give a he didn't give a crap about anybody, but this." monster thing you know far cry from what sam elliott was doing and i also don't think then but <laughs> yeah the first film but uh but i mean I, I think they did a great job of of showing why betty would shun him right like why with his daughter he had he had some sort of already contentious relationship with banner uh and then it just got worsened when he became the Hulk. So it's, it's really good stuff there. It, a lot of it, I think, unfortunately just doesn't get time to breathe. You know, we don't get, we get little bits of those character things, but um, th this movie was more or less focused on getting into the action as quick as possible, which you want from like a Hulk movie, but at the same mm -hmm. time, like, I don't know, like I, I dig the, the emotional stuff. I dig the, you know, Betty and, you know, like when Betty finds Banner and they go back to her house and they kind of go back and forth from her sleeping in her room and him sleeping in the guest room and, and, and just the looks on both their faces like, oh, this isn't right. We should be together, but we can't because of this and that. He's um, a modern family dad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, that's like my favorite, one of my favorite shows of all time. So, uh, well, the, when he had a lot more scenes too. I mean, talking about how they get to the action, like there's, hey, hashtag release the Norton cut or whatever. <laughs> because right. there's all the, these deleted scenes that I think most of them are available. I think they're on the DVDs and stuff. And, mm -hmm. and it would have been a much longer movie and, and delve more into these conversations. And, you know, because you enjoy this story, you enjoy this world, you want more of it, and you feel like there's space for it, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I, I would definitely love to see, like the, the opening when, that's the thing. Like, there's a deleted scene of this. Of, of, of is, is there even is there an extended cut of this? I don't even know. Like, I, I've watched. No. I don't even know why I haven't seen them. But there, there's just deleted scenes. That's all. I want. Okay. Yeah, you've seen them either on the DVD or on YouTube or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so like, I mean, there's a whole lot of them, right? Yeah. But there's, but there's a scene where it was supposed to open the movie, of, yeah. of which actually would have contradicted him being in South America at the end of the last one at the beginning of this one. So maybe that's why they cut it. I don't know. But anyway, it's him <laughs> in the Arctic and he and he tries to kill himself, but he can't. And then, and actually, Mark Ruffalo kind of references this in the Avengers. Yeah, it's like yeah. more or less. And mm -hmm. apparently, if you freeze frame it, you see Captain America's body coming out of an iceberg. I'm that's, like, okay, that's, that's right. <laughs> what? what? Like, I so. <laughs> I saw I, I've seen that scene, and I'm very glad they cut it because I it would have been way too heavy to open this film with. And I think it's it's kind of and I think it's a cute scene at the beginning where. Yeah, it's a cute scene where he tries to kill himself. Yes, yes. <laughs> like the, the actual opening when he's, uh, you know, when he's he's got the dog, and he's he's watching Sesame Street to learn the you know the language and um, and well, even kind of sees Bill Bixby on the TV. Yeah, and uh, so you know it's uh, it's all connected, of course. Yeah. Uh, but but you know he gets, but then it, it kind of comes back later when he tries to defend uh, you know, his his coworker. And he says to those guys, like, oh, you wouldn't like you wouldn't like me when I'm hungry. No, that's not <laughs> right. You know, like it's just kind of a funny bit there. And mm -hmm. um but I but I also really like that 
that that I don't know. It, the film was smart to set up kind of a a tertiary antagonist, kinda, who's only going to be in a couple of scenes, but just just some asshole at work that he's going to run into later, and then it's going <laughs> to turn into a thing, and or he turns yeah. into well, not well, the thing. <laughs> But <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what we love about these superheroes. That's why I think secret identities and all that are fun because you you can all relate to that relatable stuff. Like I don't know, like yeah. all these Marvel heroes, like there's not much like small scale stuff you can relate to with them, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like I'm a billionaire. <laughs> I have a crazy scientist <laughs> on the run because I turned into a monster. Like I, they have right. no personal lives. They are, and that's you know, it's a different kind of superhero storytelling. But there are no secret identities here. There's no office yeah. jobs, right? There's. Yeah. You know, there's no annoying coworkers. Like they are each other's office job because they all work for Shield and all that stuff. So, <laughs> so those little moments, though, you know, that's 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 like the Clark Kent at work beating up the bully kind of thing, right? That's yeah, you enjoy those. Uh, yeah, I think uh, it it's it's something that that helps, you know, set up the movie and set up the the stakes a little bit. And I think they do a good job of him, uh, you know, trying to f- find a cure and he you know, they have the flower, he screws that up and he doesn't know what to do. And, um, but you know, it's, it's tough because like you said, the, the, the stakes are so strange, like who can relate to being on the run. Right. And and if you can relate to that, you're, you know, <laughs> probably shouldn't be in a theater full of people. for Three hours to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I do think that there's, there's a lot to say about, you know, when he comes, when he comes home and he wants to see the girl, but he, you know, he probably shouldn't see the girl because, you know, well, she's with somebody else now. And I have, I, I have my own stuff going on. And, uh, you know, I think, so there's relatable stuff in there. It just, um, that's true. I don't know. Yeah, well, it, it takes a minute to get to it, I guess, is what I'm saying, you know. Yeah, yeah, he gets back to that point. But all regardless, like you, this is a guy down on his luck, and, and you yeah. can relate to that. And why, why I guess Stan Lee really can't act because if he could, why would he not be the, the pizza shop guy? <laughs> um, right? you know, I didn't even think of that, yeah, but no, because I think he was because they filmed uh, a lot in Toronto. And a little bit in New York, and then oh. in Rio de Janeiro, uh, from what I was reading. So I, I think part of it was probably just they couldn't get Stanley to Toronto. That's why yeah. he's not really in any of the X Men movies, you know. Because, yeah. um, but his bit I think was like an L A reshoot. Yeah, and open up his refrigerator. Yeah, that was cute. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's but it's also just I don't know. It's not the worst Stanley cameo, but it also just it's the most. I don't know, like the, it, it, it's a very, it's very like, we got to get, we got to get to the action. So the dialogue in it is really odd to me and maybe it's fine, but I always thought it was odd when he's like, he's like, oh, th- this guy has gamma poisoning. And he's like, where is that thing bottled? I'm like, what? Like, why would that even be your first thought? And then he's That's like, true. let's find out if there's a white man working at the <laughs> factory. <laughs> and I'm just like, ah, okay. Like, Okay, and then like the next shot, they're in the helicopter, like going going to Brazil anyway. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh well, it didn't matter. Yeah. It didn't matter that that scene had to was very much just like we got we got to figure out how they get there. So let's write it. Yeah, you know? yeah. I know you're right about General Ross being just a straight up villain in this. I like that. Like I like him a lot. Like uh, William yeah. Hurt's performance in this, and I mean, 
he has stuff to do here. Like he doesn't have much to do in his other appearances. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, like, I still laugh at the. I remember Lance and I saw this back in the day, and we we always laugh about this when like the soldiers start freaking out. Like he's like, no, there's a, there's a whole guy. He's like, son, you need to calm down. <laughs> like, I just thought for whatever reason that's just a very funny. Yeah. You know, pull yourself together. You need to calm down. What did you see uh, when he's talking to the soldiers at the end? I I I also like you know just his uh his interactions with uh, with Tim Roth, which mm. apparently they they kept. Because Marvel didn't want to hire like a linguistics expert to teach him how to be, teach him a, like a Russian accent or something, mm, okay. uh, which I can kind of buy because Marvel at, at the time, at least, well, again, well now too, was uh, was very stingy. It was the Ike Perlmutter years where he kept his hands very close to the purse strings. You know what I mean? Well, I remember that because I remember that even uh, Samuel Jackson, like there was a lot of negotiation about him maybe not even coming back as Nick Fury. I remember all that back in the day, and they, they mm-hmm. worked it out. But yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. But yeah, Blonsky, yeah, like, uh, Tim Roth is okay. Well, sure. and then and they 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 very cleverly with some ADR, born in Russia, raised in England. I'm like, oh, there it is. Thank you. <laughs> no, he's one of my favorite villains. I mean, he does become oh, yeah. the CGI monster at the end. He's like, is that all you got, bro? I'm like, all right, now you're just generic villain number 17 but right. like I, you get like his you understand his his motivations why he wants to do this and then ross kind of totally plays on his weaknesses like oh well yep. what if you could be younger and stronger and well here's your chance son and you know he, he sees him as a resource like he sees all these people right. uh and you, you kind of it's like the body horror of him like slowly turning to the environment like the spikes coming out like oh you know yeah. it's, it's it's sad because but tim roth is great like you he, ever you ever see the show a lie to me no, I haven't seen that one yet. It was one of these gimmicky shows. Uh, I think it was on Fox, and it was like his gimmick. It was like the, the era of House, right? Uh-huh. His gimmick was like he can tell if you're lying. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's like that show Poker Face that's on Peacock right now. Yes. Yes, I, it's a Ryan, Ryan Johnson show, I think, right? It, yeah, yeah. Episode. And I was like, I feel like I'd like this better if she, did, she didn't just have this quote-unquote natural talent. Like, if she actually had like some sort of superpower or something because yeah. otherwise it's just it's just was like i don't know it just rubbed me the wrong way and i'm like i don't know like I don't know. but then again i also still have a hard time watching tv where they swear a lot i'm like oh it's tv you're not supposed to swear <laughs> what the hell's the matter with you <laughs> um but uh but anyway but uh you know i i think um like you said, you know, Blonsky being used by Ross, you know, it, 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 it makes a lot of sense. And you also understand, you understand why each character's acting the way they do. But I also like that Ross is very much like, oh, you know, if you, if you get, you know, if we start to notice something with you, you're off the team, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And then very clearly it's happening and he doesn't kick him off the team. He doesn't even no. give him a warning or anything. No, he just lets him keep doing what he's doing, you know, no. clearly out of control. And, right. Uh, and I, I like the evolution too. Like you see, like uh, you see him as just his normal military guy and he, his team gets wiped out by the Hulk. He's like, what was that? You know? And then you yeah. see him like halfway, like get some serum and he can at least hold his own, mm-hmm. but he still gets his ass kicked and he heals fast because of the serum. And then at right. the end, he's like, okay, well I just got to go full monster mode and, and, and fight Hulk and, uh, you know, and so like, yeah, abomination, whatever. Like, I, it still looks like a better doomsday than most of the doomsdays we get. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I do think I'm honestly, this is my favorite look for the Hulk in CGI. Oh. Like, he's that that 
that pale green kind of like I don't see a lot of Ed Norton in there, but whatever, it's fine. Like I think it looks too much like uh, Mark Ruffalo when in the Avengers movies. Like, oh, so, what, I, what? Let's let's talk about this. What? How do you think the the, the Hulk looks, and, and what's your opinions on on the many looks of the Hulk here? Well, I I think it was smart of them because in the the angling one, the thought process was the angrier he gets, the stronger he gets, which is from the comics. And but the bigger the weight, he gets. Right. And that's how they interpreted it in the in the movie. But in the movie, he just got to the point where he's just like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like a green version. And it was just like then didn't like I, I rewatched that movie not too long ago for, for the show. And I was like, that just looks weird. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then in this one, I I know I agree that I really dig the look. I just the but hair, I don't, too. The hair. Yeah. Like the, hair. I, the hair looks good. But I also don't like that. I just don't like that it doesn't look like Norton. It just that's just weird to me. Like, you know, whereas like when it's when it was Banna, it at least looked like Banna, and mm. when it's Ruffalo, it looks like Ruffalo. So actually, I'm just the opposite. I I don't mind that he looks like Ruffalo because I think I like the idea that when they're trying to talk to him or talk down mm. or talk him down, it looks like the person we know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but I also get the other side of it that especially because Norton's banner is very much like it's something else. It's not me, you yeah. know? So he's really trying to, so it, in that sense, it sort of hits the nail on the head. Yeah. You know, there's not a right or way, right or wrong way about it. I, I guess I'm thinking more like late stage rock Ruffalo Hulk where he's literally, well, the professor Hulk, you know, <laughs> he's yeah, stabbing that, yeah. and <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but uh, I, if they just get him this, cause when I think of the Hulk, I think like shaggy hair. Right. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like this is and this is the only version that kind of does that. Like these other Hulks have these weird buzz cut or something. I'm like, what? Where did this, where did this come from? Uh, well, it, it, he just has Ruffalo's hair for the rest of the movies and, and She Hulk. It, literally, it's just, just his hair tight, curly buzz cut. Right. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, anyway, like I, I just was very impressed by by how the Hulk looked in this movie. Like, and the right shade of green because the problem with the the Angley Hulk was like it was too green. It was like right. jolly green, giant green. Like you, that looks ridiculous. And this was like okay, mm -hmm. like. If an actual person's skin was green, it would be this paler, more thing. And and of course, technology had evolved in the last five years, so that helped a lot. Right. But I don't know. I, uh, if I ha if I had to pick one, I, I would go with this being my favorite looking Hulk in the in the Marvel movies. I I can I can dig that. Um, I what I what I really I I like that it. I don't know. He just it's just cool when the Hulk shows up, you know, where it's like in the, in the other movie, in, in the first movie, it's, it's like the movie itself is just so ugh that when the Hulk showed up, it didn't even save it, you know? So it's like when, you know, you start to see his eyes turn green, then it's like, you know, then it's like, yeah, there it is. Yeah. Like he's going to be the Hulk, you know, like it's, you know, cool bits like that. And it's just funny because it's, it's kind of has the same premise of the first film. It's very know, similar in a way. Really yeah. running from the military and all that. But I think they, again, keeping him a smaller size um, and, and having him maintain that size, I think it, it works a little bit better. And also the fights that they have, you know, in the, in the Ang Lee one, it's in the middle of the desert. But here there's like stakes to it, right? Because they're, you know, they're in this factory. They're in this small town around other people or they're right. in on this college campus where there's kids around that can get hurt or, you know, Liv Tyler who just runs into the battlefield <laughs> anyway where it's like oh my god <laughs> no I, I love all the set pieces like in the, the factory is a great set piece yep yep beating that corridor the college the glass corridor is a cool set piece and you know yeah. and then the streets in new york obviously so that, uh, yeah it, it's the what it desert is like 
it's like a video game fight arena sequence. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, oh, right. And it's like, it helps, like, it's the help with the budget. Like, on low budget movies, like, you always, like, fan films, like, people go film in the desert or the forest, right? Maybe not the right. desert, desert, but you know what I mean? A wasteland <laughs> of some kind. Sure. But in sure. these big, in these big budget things, I'm like, I don't, you still have to, like, I, I assume you CGI created a desert. So is it that <laughs> yeah. much cheaper? Like, <laughs> you know I, well, it's also that, you know that he that he looks good in the daytime finally because like you said yeah. about the, the green like he looked good when they did the night the, the night fights you know in, in new york and in brazil but also looks really good like in the daytime on the yeah. on the campus because it, it at the very least like you know it's a cgi character but he does feel like he's interacting with everything that's there like you know and and i love yeah. that the movies got to the point where like i don't know i I would venture to say that um, Josh Brolin's best performance ever is Thanos. And I think that the mm. CGI on Thanos is so good. Like when he grabs Downey's head in uh, Infinity War, I just, I like my brain like turns off for a second. I'm like, that's a real hand. You, you, yeah, know? <laughs> you, you really lose all like, oh, that's a special effect. Like he's a character. Thanos yeah, is a yeah. character. And then they'd evolve. And you, you've been talking about the Hulk evolving. You've seen Thanos evolve. I mean, he looks yeah, kind of, yeah. he looks very different. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but from Avengers one, <laughs> what they settle on is great, and it looks yeah. very. I mean, photorealistic as as far as a giant pink photorealistic alien can be, so. <laughs> right? And and I think uh, you know the, the film the film you know utilizes those uh, set pieces and action sequences really really well because mm -hmm. they you know it if there had been one if there had even been one more it would have been ridiculous. But if there had been, <laughs> like, there wasn't enough, you know? And, yeah. And Louis Letier, um, you know, was, uh, he did the, at least the first Transporter. I think he did both. Uh, oh, really? I didn't know. I, I just know he did a Clash of the Titans remake, which is not that good. <laughs> oh, that, well, yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I only saw, like, part of that a long time ago. I got my, like, Blockbuster was closing. I got it for, like, five bucks. <laughs> there it is. That's how, that, people, so many, so many movies that people our age own. Because mm -hmm. rental stores were closing, like, oh, I'll get, I'll get this for three dollars, three ninety nine. Well, that's that's the only reason I've X Men Origins Wolverine, so I don't have a mm. hole in my collection. That's it. That's it. Where's like, place to get it? Whereas, like years since, I, I just don't care anymore. If I don't like the movie, I'm not buying it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, and also, we all have, we all have to make that journey one day. Yeah. I'm, unfortunately, I'm still a bit of a completionist, but I mean, some movie franchises I don't care about, so I can just get the first one and ignore the rest. Others, I'm like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I have all the like. That's the it's like. Do I buy the Flash on Blu-ray? That's the that's the dilemma I have. I'm gonna face. So. Uh, you might have a fight with Lance on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna stop me. <laughs> be like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, if I but, bought Wonder uh, Woman 1984, I can buy the Flash. I guess that's how I'll justify it. To okay. Me. Yeah. Because I. All right. Well, that's a whole other conversation. Anyway, Incredible <laughs> Hulk, right? Yeah, Incredible yeah. Hulk. Hey, what uh, a great film. Well, a, a, a great thing they address a little bit and play for comedy, which is the appropriate thing in this in this thing, because if, if you don't laugh, you cry, is when uh, Bruce and Betty are starting to go a little hot and heavy. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. But he, he's like, I I can't. She's like, like, not even a little? <laughs> like, I, no wonder he's so mad all the time. I I loved I loved that part. Uh, and also, like, I actually, what I thought you were going to say first, she throws him the, the stretchy the giant purple pants. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'll be all right or whatever. I'm like, okay, like that's it's it's kind of the equivalent of the what do you prefer, yellow spandex line, right? Yeah. It's like, well, we have to address it. I'm like, 
You don't, but okay, sure. Yeah. Pretend, pretend you, you, hate it. you know that thing you like? It's dumb. <laughs> yeah, but to, pretend you're to, under some sort of mandate when no one really gives a shit. <laughs> to, at least, like, to, to, to be fair to them, they did the purple pants in the last movie, and it looked dumb, yeah. and it made no sense. So... <laughs> Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it looks. Cool but I, I liked. I liked uh, Betty and Bruce and their and their. I think it helped that it was like they they were reconnecting. Yes. And I think that helped as opposed to like from scratch. So whenever there's, you know, movies are short story. I mean, we're talking about all these these movies that connect and tease everything. But you know, movies should be like these short form storytelling. You get two and a half. Every movie seems to want to be three hours now, which is way too long. But <laughs> like. And then, because you're like, well, that was an unrealistically fast relationship. They fell. Blah, blah, blah. But the, the a key workaround to that is like, have them have been in a relationship, and like you can just fill in the blanks that all that stuff has yeah. already happened, and they already have that deep bond. And uh, I don't know, like it worked for me. Is it like in my top five superhero movie relationships of all time? <laughs> no, but I, I, it worked for me. Is them them t- uh, together as characters and separate? And I felt bad that they could not be together, which is kind of the whole tragedy of the whole. I that's that's a really good way to put it. Um... And, and I think what, what sells it really is that um, is Nor- Norton and Liv Tyler, they, they have decent chemistry with each other too. You know, like it, they really like that, that first scene of them on the bridge when they're together and, and she runs towards him. I, it, that scene, you know, I, I complained a minute ago about the, the movie needing a little bit more character depth and stuff, but I think when the actors get the chance to do it, they, they really get to sell that, like, especially like in that moment, I believed that she missed him and it had been a long time since she'd seen him. Right. Because you can see like the, the bad actor version where it's like, is it you? Is it really you? Please don't go. You know, yeah. like they, they say a lot with not saying a lot. Um, uh, do you it, know that show extras uh, with uh, Ricky Gervais from like 20 years ago? I, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, I, I've I've never really seen a full episode. They do clip. He just he does clips, right? Just, oh, okay, I've okay. seen I've seen clips online, and there's okay. one of them. He's interviewing Ian McKellen. He's like, "How are you? How are you such a good actor?" And Ian McKellen's like, "Well, it's your imagination, you see. Like, I, I when I'm working with Peter Jackson, he says you are a wizard, and so for that, when they call action, I imagine that I'm a wizard." <laughs> 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 It's a comedy show. It's like Patrick Stewart's on there. Just people like Liam Neeson, sure. I think, is on there too. Like they just like they're just playing into how ridiculous this whole like industry uh-huh. is and things like that. He's like, I, yeah. I imagine that I am Gandalf, and they say, "Cut it, I'm Ian McKellen again." <laughs> <laughs> that is his secret to being a good actor. It's just, anyway, I, I I pretend I'm a wizard. <laughs> anyway, um, that just well, made that, me think of that. Well, that that apparently is a, I forget what what movie it is, but. Um, it might be Midnight Cowboy, but one of Dustin Hoffman's early films, hmm. he was he, like, there was supposed to be a scene that they were shooting the next day where he was supposed to be really high and he was like supposed to be like messed up out of his mind on Coke. And, uh, and so he just like stayed awake the entire night, didn't sleep. So he'd come to work on set and just look crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. And I guess he like told one of the other actors that story, like a Peter Fonda or somebody. And they were just like, have you ever just tried acting? <laughs> yeah, I think I've heard that. I forget who the other guy was too, but it was like yeah. a really, a real like classical trained actor, and like Dustin Hoffman was trying to impress him or something. The guy was right, like, "Right, dude, it's it's like pretend, you know." Like yeah. Marlon Brando, one of the best actors of all time. The guy was reading cue cards, man. He's reading. He's, <laughs> I, that's one of my favorite stories. He's reading the lines that "We will be with you, Kella, off the baby's diaper." It's amazing. <laughs> but, you would not, but look, he had a job and he performed it. I don't care how you got it done. 
So anyway, well, you acting. know, it's, what's it's not it's not terribly dissimilar from actors now that have the earwigs, right? Uh, oh yeah, like on Rosenbaum's podcast when he was talking to Michael Rooker, um, he he said how like he got hired for a, a, like a guest spot on some HBO show. He's like, well, I don't have time to learn all the lines, and I'm like, we'll just give you an earwig so that they can like feed him the lines as he's doing the scene. And I, I and I thought about that a lot, and I was like, you know, props to those guys for doing it because if someone's talking to my ear, I'm sure as hell not going to be able to act. I'm just going to yeah. like. Because like when I'm at work and I'm on the phone and someone interrupts me, which happens often with my annoying coworker, I, I it, it just throws me off entirely. <laughs> totally. So I, I I can't do it. But anyway, <laughs> they you know I think uh, like Liv Tyler is kind of you know the the unsung hero of this film. You know she she gets to at the at one part of it kind of be the emotional set you know, the core of it almost, because she's kind of the only one that has a scene with Banner and Hulk, right? Because mm, yeah. they're stuck in the cave and, and she's, and she says it to him later. She's like, I, 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 he recognized me though. He knew something, you know? And, and I think they do a good job of, of showing that, that, you know, she, she, she's seeing what he's not seeing. Right. That she's seeing because yeah, he, he I, has no concept of any of that. Yeah. Right. He just thinks, no, it's it's a whole other thing. And yeah, I get flashes, but it's like a hangover. He calls it something like that. And I'm just like, I don't know, dude. Like that that'd be some really weird shit if like a <laughs> big green man lived inside you. <laughs> Waking up without any clothes in the middle of nowhere sometimes. Yeah, it's crazy talk. Uh, and, and, so, and sometimes and, it's great because you meet Harry Dean Stanton, though. What's well, yeah. in Avengers? But <laughs> are you an alien? Because he was an alien. You get it? Anyway, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's the thing. Like I, I just I, I liked what they were going for, like with the with the Hulk here, uh, mm -hmm. and then you know not, none of this. Hey, big guy, the sun's getting low, or you know the Hulk being afraid to come out and end game and all that stuff. I, I don't know, like. Uh, it's the Hulk, man. Like, Hulk yeah. smash. All right? This is what we're here to see. Like, yes, there's Hulk smash, and then there's, like, these deep psychological, like, Dr. Jackal, Mr. Hyde, split personality, kind of werewolf stuff going on. And those mm -hmm. are all good elements, but you need all of it to, to be the Hulk, I think. And and, and this one delivered uh, for what you're looking for in a Hulk movie. And I'm not I'm not Mr. Hulk fan. I've probably read a handful of Hulk comics. Hulk uh, Gray, uh, one of the comics I've read, that which, which this Great movie job. references with the lightning and the, the cave yep. and all that. That's straight mm -hmm. out of that. So I'm not some like Hulk expert or fan or whatever. Like, but I feel like, I don't know for a Hulk movie. This seems to check all the boxes. And like you said at the beginning, I don't know why it didn't do better. Like, but maybe people were soured on the first one, even though it was five years earlier, maybe they're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, maybe. But I also blame the marketing because at that time, like it couldn't just be, you know, you didn't get trailers like, even like through YouTube, that was still relatively new. Um, so for the most part, I, I think people just didn't realize the movie was happening because Marvel put like all their eggs in the Iron Man basket for that summer. And well, it worked out pretty well for him, JJ. Yeah. So they, and I feel like that might have been the behind the scenes conversation. Like, well, we only have X amount of dollars to promote both of these movies. So let's put as much as we can into this one, the first one, because if the first one succeeds, then we're go we're golden. But if right. this, but if they both fail, or even if the second one's slightly better than the first one, it's not. We're just not going to have a good year, or right. you know, 
20 years. <laughs> well, it's, so. it's so weird because the, the Hulk was a, of all these MCU characters before they, you know, got Spider-Man and bought Fox and all that. Of all these MCU characters, the mm-hmm. Hulk was the most marketable name. I mean, the TV was, show and yep. it's, it's, Hulk is a common. Nobody knew who Iron Man was. You might have seen Captain America like in a coloring book or something. That's how I knew him. From, you know, just, <laughs> the general public, like who are Thor? Like, you mean like the mythology guy? <laughs> There's a comic well, I, of that? Well, Captain America, I, I would say, only had some notoriety, not because, but but I think that it was just sort of like a a way of saying, like, uh, of teasing, uh, yeah, teasing like hey, a, Captain a, America over here, right? Yeah. Like, te- like teasing a football player or a soldier right. or something. Uh, and I wonder how many people knew that that was like a real character right. from comic books as opposed Ca- to Captain just... Obvious and Captain America. <laughs> But anyway, uh, that, that's what's so interesting to me. Like this, like it didn't do that well. And then like, because it, I mean, it did okay. Yeah. I, I think some of these super movies today would die for these, for these returns of these movies. The made. Flash certainly wouldn't have. <laughs> oh, man. But it, it didn't go crazy with the budget either. Like they were very right. smart about that. And uh, I just think uh, it's interesting that because this didn't do as good as whatever their internal expectations were, they decided not to continue doing Hulk movies because they had to, until this year, actually, as of this recording, Marvel had to pay or Disney, whatever, right? Had to pay like half or something. They had to do some deal with Universal if they ever released a Hulk movie. Right. right. Uh, and that's why they'd never <laughs> released another Hulk movie. Like, oh, he's he's just a supporting character in these other movies. We don't have to pay you Universal. Some loophole, some legal right. loophole allowed them to use them, use the Hulk without doing more Hulk movies. And then they just that was a that was a factor. That that's exactly what it was. Same with like Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. So they could you know, like they couldn't be mutants, right? So they had to be something else, or oh, they're whatever. gonna be mutants soon, I'm sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, interesting about, about this film that it's it started this um, this new trend, especially some of the other Marvel movies have done. I've seen other shows and movies doing this though, where they're taking the the old theme music and they're giving it like an update with like an orchestra, you know, like the. Mm. The, the Incredible Hulk, like, dun, 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 mm-hmm. you know, the, the sad walking away music from, yes. you know, Stewie's like, everybody hey, knows from Family Guy. <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, you know, that's incorporated into the themes of this. It's same with um, with uh, Tom Holland's Spider Man. Are those in the movies or are they just in the trailers? Oh, they're in the movies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because I just I remember seeing him in the chairs. I'm like, but they do they orchestrate like, da, 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 da. like yep, you know, they sure did. Yeah. I can't <laughs> it, wait for uh for the Batman 66 theme to be orchestrated. I you know I that might I, be pretty I, badass though. I don't <laughs> I thought about that a lot. Uh you, you should look up or I'll send you the video uh the piano guys. Okay. Uh doing Batman Evolution. It was okay. the 6689 and begins Ooh. themes. Okay. I think yeah. I've heard of them because every now and then I look for these sorts of things. So yeah, send me that. That that'd be fun. But anyway, yeah, no, you're yeah, absolutely yeah. right. This this is this is one of the first ones to to do that. Uh, and you know, it's not like any of these other Marvel properties had big theme music that people knew before <laughs> right. then anyway. So um, no, well, I mean, I think there's something for a Fantastic Four like Doctor Reed Richards went to the bar. There's some. Well, there's all these '60s cartoons and stuff. <laughs> sure, but <everyone>, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, the Incredible Hulk TV show was, I mean, it ran for quite a few years and had some TV mm-hmm. movie reunions. Like it was as it was about as mainstream as you could get, you know, as far as superhero yeah. shows. I mean, and you look at the other, like the Spider Man. No, no offense on the Spider Man book club here, but you look at that '70s <laughs> Spider Man show, which like it's kind of this weird oddity, right? That uh, yeah. but the, the Hulk show was a was a success, a big time success. 
Well, apparently um, there was something about like, cause like Daredevil was in one of the TV movies. Yeah. And Del- were, Daredevil and Thor. Yeah. Um, but like with Daredevil, they were going to do like a backdoor pilot. Mm. And then I think because Hulk was already on TV, they were like, well, no, no, it was, I think it was because it was years later and the flash was going to be on TV. And they were like, well, we're going to do a Daredevil show. And they were like, well, we can't have two superhero shows. So well, <laughs> back in like 1989 thinking. So, some would say you really shouldn't have more than that. <laughs> some would say there is a limit to how many of these we can have. But that There's, is, oh, we, we can't do Daredevil. They're doing a Flash show. Like, that's crazy thinking. Uh, but yeah. hey, you, you, you might, you, there might be something to that because uh, the Hulk was on CBS, I think. So that yeah. Daredevil show would have been CBS and the Flash. So the same network, that, that makes a lot of sense. Man, I remember, yeah. man, I remember back then, did you ever go to Superhero Hype? Yes. Yeah. Website. I remember back in the day I used to lurk. I never joined those forums. I look. I lurked on them a lot. And back in the college <laughs> days, you go to the superhero hype forums, TV. You click on that. Mm-hmm. There are two categories. There's Smallville and Heroes, and that was it. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Can you imagine today? It'd be like thirty pages long of all that stuff. It, so there, anyway. there'd be stuff on there I don't even recognize. Like I, I know what the Un- Umbrella Academy is, but I've never read the comics. You know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and. Like Preacher, the show that Seth Rogen produced—that's a real Jupiter's thing. Legacy, yeah, that, that show was. I never eight, watched it. It was eight. It was eight hours of killing is wrong, but what if? But no, it's wrong. But what if? No, it's wrong. So, well, sometimes <laughs> people need to learn that lesson, change. So I don't. Know. Anyway, <laughs> to our point, it's just this this ridiculous amount of content these days and and yeah, that's back in the 70s that's why the hulk was so popular it was like that's the one thing that lasted for whatever reason that and, that and wonder woman you know the right um, well yeah yeah um but you know it's it i love you know i love the idea that that people find this stuff th- through other media because you know i feel like there's purists that'll be like well you should be reading the comics or whatever it's like yeah but like i wouldn't know who the ninja turtles are without the cartoon i wouldn't know yeah. who uh, batman is without michael keaton you know I, you know, my earliest memories of Superman, at least, are Dean Cain, right? You know, so, I mean, you know, how the mighty have fallen. But, uh, <laughs> but, but in all seriousness. My earliest like... memories of the Green Arrow or oh, never mind. <laughs> 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 um, I've got some current events here. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, he said something about the SAG after strike. I don't know. It wasn't good. Anyway, <laughs> um, but, but uh, you know, it's, and, and for a lot of us, then it's like, well, I, I liked I liked seeing the Hulk. Like where else where else can I see Hulk? And then you you know, if you were lucky enough to have one, you know, I remember my dad taking me to the to the comic book store mm-hmm. and being and being excited. There were Batman comics, there were Hulk comics, and you know, and I, I have a lot of memories of seeing all these cool covers. I couldn't tell you anything that happened in any of them. Yeah. <laughs> but I always liked the, the the Hulk because I was like, this this character, first of all, just has a cool look, but also just I I, even as a kid, I was like, I get it. Sometimes you just get so angry, you just want to smash something. Yeah, and it's like the the most basic human emotion, you know. Yeah, and, and, and it works. And it, and it's you know like all these comic book stories, especially more back then. I feel like now we're like long long form event kind of stuff. Back then, these were like you know fables for kids, and it's like control your anger kind of stuff. So I mean, not yeah, to get too pretentious yeah. about it, but like it's a good message as the Hulk. Like, hey, you know, sometimes you gotta let loose, but sometimes you just gotta you gotta control that anger, and you know that's a lot of potential they could have. And so I don't know, like, yeah, Marvel has the rights to the Hulk back. I know they had the She Hulk show, and Hulk was in that. So I mean, but are we gonna see 
I don't know. Are we going to see more Hulk after this now nowadays? Now that Marvel has the full rights, I, I hope we do. Well, I'll I'll just go ahead and just admit this now because it was bound to come up eventually. Well, not really, uh, but I'm just so displeased with the Hulk's journey, Banner's journey throughout these movies, yeah. and, and because I mean, like, I think I, mean, I referenced it, it earlier too. I'm right there with you, man. Please. Well, I think if it had ended with. Um, Okay, here, okay, here's where I think. I liked what they were going to do in Infinity War. They were going to have, when he says, you know, you're Hulk, you're going to come out. screwed now! <laughs> After that horrific moment, that he, was awesome. supposed to, he was supposed to say, you know, like, like Hulk, you know, we got we to gotta work together. Come on, we got to fix this. Th- that's when they were going to merge. The Hulk was going to come out of the Hulkbuster armor. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, <laughs> and, and then, and but be able to articulate like Banner and be like, you know, like, hey, Cap, I did it. I'm the, I'm one now. And I think about that and I go, well, that's when you should have done it, man. Like it would have it would have worked and we wouldn't have been so off put by what happened in the second or the part two. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. for kids, the, uh, the, but that would have been that would have been a moment him hulking out yep. of the armor and then like completed his character journey. Right. Instead yep. of like, oh, let's do it off screen. It's far more impactful if we do it where you never saw it and now he's this unrecognizable character wearing glasses dabbing for selfies. Like, oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. It, also, but, what's the reason rematch with Thanos? It, it not, not only that, but just... See? Marvel it, can mess up too, y'all. It's just not DC. It, yeah. He just, like, in, in all seriousness, he felt weaker when in, in Endgame than he had in... Like, well, in that the makes other... sense because he's so influenced by Bruce Banner, all right? Well, yeah, I guess, but I just, I don't know. Like, when he... I, I don't know. I just, I didn't, even when they're in the fight, I was like, I want to see Hulk just like, like, uh, okay, say what you will about X-Men 3, but it's a pretty badass moment when, you know, Beast gets to be a beast and just, you know, flip and... Oh, you, you know, get the point. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> I mean, the dialogue is whatever, but yeah. it looks awesome, and that's what I was hoping to see in the endgame fight, was Hulk be Hulk and just start smashing shit again, and then it's like, well he can be both right. He could be the, the, the brute and the scientist, you know, isn't yeah. that the whole point? But that, and, and then even after like she Hulk, I was like, cause it's just, it just, it's, it's science. It's movie science that pisses me off more than anything where it's just like, Hey, I invented gobbledygook beep up. And uh, now I can be, now I could be Bruce Banner again. And then it gets destroyed. And he's like, yeah, well, gobbledygook beep up was a one of a kind thing that I can never rebuild. So now I'm Hulk again, always. Yeah. It, I just, I, I watched that happen and I went, that's, that's it's just, it's just not okay, man. Like y- you had me at, I'm a scientist. I invented beepity bop. Yeah. But don't well, tell look- me you can't fucking do it again. <laughs> Look at what they do with Beast in the X Men, uh, like you know, prequel movies and Nicholas Holt, right? He's like Nicholas right. Holt all the time. It's, oh, I'm a serum or whatever, yeah. well, you know, okay. or well, it's well, that's slightly better than Jennifer Lawrence, mutant and proud, and she's always Jennifer Lawrence. Like, if there was one character that you could not do that with, <laughs> that's the character, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But hey, but, but, I, but all that stuff is, I think, why that we, you know, it sounds like you know, we like this movie so much, the incredible, because like. This is, yeah, this is the Hulk being the Hulk back and forth. They're taking advantage of all aspects of the character and they kind of yeah. lost the thread on whatever they were doing there. And you're right, that's a missed opportunity from like, that would at least been like the culmination of his character right there. And I know that like in, in Endgame, he's like, it's like, I was built for this. It's camera radiation. Like, ah. I, Tony I, did I, the I, same I, thing 10 minutes later. So it's not like you're the only guy that could do it. 
Well, I, I, I dug it, but I also, no, well, yeah, I, I dug it, but it was also like the, like the permanent damage to his arm. Again, like when I wanted to see the whole Hulk out, I was sort of hoping even then he'd have his arm in a sling and still just beat the shit out of some. They do like know, the rock and monsters. just flex out of the, <laughs> flex out of the, <laughs> the cast. Yeah, he's got to go to work. <laughs> he can, you know, he can, the rock can flex out of everything, even a, even a franchise if he needed to. Neo. And then back into a franchise when he needs to because other <laughs> franchise fails. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> sometimes we just like to make fun of rich people, all right? <laughs> they have right. more money than us. Um, but yeah, you know, but I agree. You know, I, I do really like the film. It, it has, it, it does mix in everything really well uh, in terms of having the, the Frankenstein element, the, um, you know, the, the Jekyll and Hyde element, but also, you know, so having that horror stuff in there, but also having at, at its heart, a superhero story. Like he's yes. going to, he's going to protect Betty when she's getting shot at, you know, he's going to fight the abomination, not because, you know, he wants to fight something, but because that's a monster that needs stopped. It's, you know, and even then, you know, they have the Hulk smash line, which when we talk about fan servicey thing, like that one gets a pass. Because yeah. uh, the Hulk should say that. <laughs> hey, the, Hulk, the Hulk doesn't say many things, but that's yeah. one thing he says. Oh, you know, that reminds me. Uh, so the panel I was talking about earlier at New York Comic Con, Lou Ferrigno was there. Mm. And and I, and I he was talking about, because in that uh, animated series I was talking about before, he actually voices the Hulk. Hulk gets some dialogue in it. <laughs> um, he doesn't, he's not speaking intelligently, but, you know. Right. Uh, but anyway, he... Um, so I get so Ferrigno was talking about when they hired him for that, and they were like, they go, so can you do like the Hulk voice like you did on the old show? And 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 he was like, I didn't talk on the old show. I just kind of roared sometimes. It's amazing. And so they had to kind of realize that, oh, well, you need to do. Well, could then... you like invent a Hulk voice for us, please? That's funny. <laughs> but it's also funny thinking like, I, I'm sure that I could say that story and then there'd be some like Gen Z kids listening to it going, why didn't they just like watch it on Disney Plus or something? Yeah, you couldn't do that back then, kids. <laughs> if the show was gone, it was gone. Exactly. And they, you know, that 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 makes sense. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, like just like, do what you used to do." He's like, "Well, I didn't do that back." Right. <laughs> like, like, they, he was he the was cultural the memory. They don't remember. They didn't talk. Really. But he voiced the Hulk in this movie, as I understand yes. it. Yep. And then he, he was uh, then he uh, then he came out as security guard. Uh, yeah, which he also cameos in the angling one. <laughs> Perhaps the same security guard. It's all connected, y'all. But uh, and then just... and then Ruffalo does the voice with Hulk. Now I'm like, oh, we lost Luke Ferrigno. Like like I like that continuity of, of keeping him involved, right? Because that that's a smart way to like keep a legacy actor involved with the character. I think that was pretty pretty smart. No, I I, I totally agree. Um, it, it's uh, yeah, because it, it was for, yeah, it's Ferrigno in this film when he says Hulk smash, but then it was also. I, I guess for the at least for the first Avengers, it's a mix of Ruffalo and Ferrigno, oh, okay. and then I think they just ended up just they giving it to Ruffalo. Out. Yeah, oh, as as they're one to do, it's like and like Ferrigno, you're you're seventy years old, you still think you can do a voice in a movie? <laughs> Come on, get out of here! <laughs> you know, speaking of, oh, I did want to bring this up before before we wrap up here. I, I want to bring up the the ages of, of some characters, so like uh, of yes. the actors anyway. Like, so, I mean, you mentioned Batman forever before versus like Batman begins reboot with this particular, like that kind of style. Yeah. Right. How, first of all, first question, how would you have felt if they kept like Sam Elliott and Jennifer Connelly and recast everybody else and met like Gordon Alfred Batman forever situation? Uh, I, I think it would, it would have been weird because it, 
I, it would have tied I, back into that too directly. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have. Per- I prefer the clean break. You know. Okay, the clean slate, the ultimate tool yeah. for the master thief. Yes. <laughs> uh so that being said, all right. So William Hurt passes away. They still insist on using General Ross. Yeah. Why not cast Sam Elliott again? And if I you guess... tell me he's too old, that's why. That's for my point. Harrison oh. Ford is eighty-one. Sam Elliott is seventy-eight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I. I, I believe you. Uh, something something always told me Sam Elliott would outlive us all. Uh, <laughs> and they're both in that. Aren't they both in that Yellowstone show? The Cowboys. You know, Sam, if Sam if Sam Elliott isn't in that show, it's just because there is no God. I mean, it's just, yeah, what, be... why are you even making a show about cowboys with these? Lines? Anyway, I just thought uh, like that would be a cool like whenever you can bring like recasting back and all that sort of thing. It's kind of yeah. like going way back now. The Adventures of Superman with George Reeves, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Phyllis Coates was the lowest lane on the first season of that show. Yeah. But they didn't, that show was actually, people don't know that a lot of people don't realize this, but they produced the entire first season and it sat waiting for someone to buy it for like a year. Hmm. And when someone bought it, they renewed the show for seasons two, three, four, et cetera. But Phyllis Coates had moved on to something else, didn't come back. So they cast Noel Neal as Lois Lane. Noel Neal had played Lois Lane in these movie serials with Kirk Allen for Superman, two of those mm-hmm. uh, before the show. And it's like, oh, we'll just get you because you know the character, you know what to do, and people know you will plug you in. That's great. And no- Noel Neal was the like the iconic Lois Lane for decades. So, like, I don't know. I think that's kind of cool when you do that. And you she just cast Sam Elliott is my point because Harry- <laughs> <laughs> I, I know we all want to see Harrison Ford jumping around in a green skin tight suit. I just want that. I don't want him as the Red Hulk. I just want that footage. Yeah. <laughs> so don't even finish the movie. Just show me what you've done so far. <laughs> Fair is the Red Hulk going to have a mustache? We'll see. Anyway. Well, that, a- that that's the thing is that I guess it, I think he does now, but when he first appeared, he didn't. Yeah, because it would be because when he first appeared, as I understand, it was a mystery. It's like, well, it, that would have given the whole game away. It was it was a mystery for years. That's by cool. the way, no, it wasn't at the no. time. I was yeah. so mad. <laughs> as, as someone who had never read that and wasn't there, I was like, well, that's a cool idea, but fair enough. So. No, because like by the end of issue six or seven, I was like, oh, okay, we'll find out at the end of the at the end of the arc. Okay. And then we didn't. I was like, okay, well, by the end of the next arc. And we didn't. I said, mm. uh, I'm just going to start screaming if we don't find it by the end of this issue. And I haven't stopped screaming since. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, you know, I, I get what you're saying. And I, I didn't even think of that. But that would have been kind of cool if they brought Sam Elliott back as yeah. as Ross. Um, just like they should bring back uh, Wesley Snipes' Blade. I'm serious. Uh, I, I'm on board with that, too. Because, uh, I mean... Mahershal Ali's not that much younger. <laughs> yeah. And that, who knows if that movie's ever going to get made? I mean, how many times have that been re, you know, new directors, new writers, delays? So I don't know. Yeah. And as I, long as they're all in Secret Wars, JJ, that's all. That, I want to see Tobey Maguire and Wesley Snipes and Hugh Jackman fighting uh, uh, Dr. Doom or something. I don't know. Who... <laughs> <laughs> so, Somebody. Probably, probably Kang. Yeah. Um, maybe some alternate version. Uh, no, oh, knows. why would that be anyway? <laughs> but, oh, which by the way, uh, I guess the, the joke there was going to be a joke at the end of She Hulk, uh, as we wrap like, as we wrap up here, um, where they thought about getting Edward Norton to be in the one of the final scenes where it's it's like it's this like ridiculous like fight scene, and Hulk shows up, and Daredevil shows up, and uh, and Jennifer you know looks at the camera and goes wait, we're not really doing this, are we? And it's like how She-Hulk always breaks the fourth mm-hmm. wall, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
but they i was reading an interview with their writers where they were saying oh we actually thought about like wouldn't it be funny if like ed, ed norton's hulk jumped through mm-hmm. and it's him in the movie now and it's this person in the movie now it's this person i was like man that would have been awesome if they'd gotten ed, edward norton back because the only other reference to it was in the um hulk when hulk is talking to she hulk he says he says oh yeah i've made my peace with uh, with blonsky you know back then i was an entirely different person literally <laughs> So it's an actual line in a multi-million dollar television show. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, sh- they should have leaned into it. They should have done it. I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. That I mean, I that close second to George Clooney showing up in the, in the Flash, that would have been, I think. So yeah, that uh, second part I said facetious. The first part I said not. I really would have liked to see. I think it would have been fun to see Ed Norton <laughs> pop yeah. in there. And that and that's the perfect kind of. It's like Deadpool. It's like you can anything is possible. That's why like Hugh Jackman and all that coming back. Like I'm on board for that because it's a Deadpool movie. Anything yeah. is possible. That's the time to do that stuff, right? That self-aware, meta, fourth wall breaking stuff. Uh, if, if the, that was their one chance. <laughs> We're never going to see yeah. Ed Norton as Hulk again, except maybe in Secret Wars, we fight Eric Bana. It's going to be so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, but Bana still has to look like he did in two thousand three. Yes, do not upgrade <laughs> the CGI. Yeah, no, it, that that's that's crucial. If you've seen the Spider Verse movies, you know what I mean. It's yeah. crucial. They but have they, to appear <laughs> as they appeared. Absolutely. So. <laughs> uh, it's not like Wreck It Ralph rules. Uh, <laughs> Um, but, uh, but Zach, this has been such a blast getting to, uh, talk some, talk some Marvel with you, which we don't normally do. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only place I talk about, not, not, not to plug my own Patreon, but I guess I will. Uh, <laughs> I have a show always on the MCU over on my Patreon. They always on the small boat Patreon and, yeah. uh, and we're going through the MCU one at a time every month. <laughs> Me, uh, Lance Lester, Kavante Chillis, all regular friends and guests here, yep, uh, yep. and your podcast. So, uh, it's fun to talk about Marvel and it's like, I, I, it, it, because like I didn't grow up on it, like I, I have a knowledge of it and whatever, but like, like the movies was really the movies of our childhood. It's these, these X-Men and Spider-Man yeah. and all those, those what got me into these characters really. So I don't have like this decades long, uh, religious text, like mythology, <laughs> like in my soul with right. these characters, like I do with DC. So it's kind of a relief. Cause I'm like, well, it's just Marvel. They can change stuff and be good and not good. It's, we're just having a good time talking about super, like the way normal people talk about Batman and Superman. I feel like I can talk the <laughs> way about Marvel. That's, my <laughs> that's, that's totally fair. Uh, um, and I gotta say, you got a whole like Dante Hicks look going for you. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on this beard. Yeah. We'll see. So yeah, it's very, yeah. It, that's the first thing I thought of. I was like, I was gonna say, I was like, no, it's not Randall. Who's the other one? Dante. What's like, he supposed to be here today? <laughs> um, which is technically true because we were supposed to record this a while ago. That's uh, right. So, yes, thank you for being very flexible with our schedule. <laughs> oh, oh, it's it was all good. This ended up working out because I actually did the uh, as of this recording, I did the Iron Man episode before this. So then I jumped in on this, and I was just I was so excited. Uh, Iron Man, Hulk, all great stuff. Um, yeah. But Incredible Hulk was better. Uh, do you, do so you really Zach, think so? Do you really think so? I well, if we're talking Hulk versus Incredible Hulk, the movies, oh yeah. No, well, I, uh, if we're if we're talking uh, like uh, Edward Norton or uh, versus Mark Ruffalo, yeah. The only thing I can really say is I wish we got more Norton, you yeah, know. But yeah, same. that's that's the business, I guess. Um, so Zach, if people are out there in the uh, interwebs looking. Uh, Looking to start a fight about how they feel about the MCU? Uh, <laughs> uh, where can they find you? Well, you can find me at uh, Always Home with Smallville across social media. Um, Always Smallville with one S on the 
social media website, formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and on Facebook, always on the Smallville. And uh, our podcast is always on the Smallville. And we talk about the Young Superman show that ran from 2001 to 2011. Other WB and the CW. And uh, when, when is this coming out, by the way, JJ? When is this episode coming out? Uh, end of August, like last Wednesday okay. of August. So around this time, give or take, uh, JJ will actually be on the first episode of season nine uh of our small book coverage so look at that look at that yeah. synergy right there that's some mcu level planning we just did so. <laughs> and we planned it just about as well as they planned phase one uh, <laughs> uh, i uh as for me you can find me at spider-man books on uh twitter still um and uh or my personal account which is for comic junkies that's for comic junkies you can also follow the for comic junkies podcast which zach has been on many many times and um yeah if you're uh if you are listening to this on apple Podcasts, please write a review subscribe get those buds in ears as i like to say and uh folks uh thank you so much for tuning in thank you to zach um and we just we want to end you know with our normal excelsior of course but i also just want to remind you don't make me hungry you wouldn't like me when i'm hungry no that's not right you know what? We'll just end with Excelsior. Excelsior! Feels fake now. <laughs>